What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the team. I'm Jake, joined by Cole, Adam, Aaron, and Matt, with a packed week of movie madness for everyone. Starting off with the latest and greatest to hit the HBO Max, which I just recently learned is was called Habogo before it be turned into Max. Um, I like it better. HBO Go, you knew that. Yeah, I get, I get HBO he, Go. Like, none I of the, that. none of our friends on the podcast had heard it referred to as Habogo until I started calling it that. You have Correct. definitely said that on the podcast. So before. now is it Hobo Max? Is that what it's called? It's Hobo. Hobo. <laughs> I mean, Hobo Max. <laughs> Hobo Hobo Max. Max. Looking at the state of their app, you could be confused for a hobo. <laughs> I, I hate their app. It's, it's so the bad. worst terrible. app. Like for as good as their content is, it's terrible. It crashes I, I literally have, daily, and it's literally next daily. router. I don't have any issues with the app crashing. I just think on my Apple TV Plus, whatever, because that all, it's all different and different things. It just sucks. Like the ability slow, to get to certain things, things is just slow. not good. Yeah. I've never had any issue with There's it. There's no excuse. Look, Netflix has like the, a seamless user experience. I don't understand why everybody else can't do it. It's not like Netflix was five years earlier to the party than ever. Yeah, and HBO has more money than God. Like, He's not. <laughs> that's not true. Only I don't Apple think they got more, more money than God. Netflix, but <laughs> they used to. Anyway, let's yeah. talk about the movie that's on the platform and not the platform itself. I mean, I didn't and watch that is, on HBO. And that's the Suicide Squad. So the Suicide Squad is in no way to be confused with as a sequel or a, uh, it was reboot a sequel. of the original series. No, I like how I, I like how I saw it referred to this week. Uh, they're like they were essentially comparing it to comic books, where like after like they reboot stories in comic books all the time, like and just like redo them, like it's mm-hmm. not it's no th- not a big thing. Yeah, different writer, not- different storyline. And it's not like a full reboot. It's just like, hey, we're just kicking off a new storyline. That's exactly right. Yeah. Same character is different situation. I mean, unrelated. They, they never actually reference anything that happens in the old movie. <laughs> like, no, the only the only continuity is like two characters. Three. I forgot about Amanda Waller for a second. And four and one of them dies very early on. <laughs> oh, that's right. Right. Captain Boomerang. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So anyway, what do we think of the movie? I know we all know that Ron talked about it last week that he was going to love it ahead of time. And even if Ron hated it, I think he would have said he loved it because he talked so much crap about wanting to love it. Yeah. So he, and he also thinks Birds of Prey is Harley Quinn's best movie. So that's yeah. another thing. Um, but what Imagine. do we think here for those of us who were able to make it to the podcast? I very much enjoyed it. Enjoyed it? It was fine. It was, it was fine. okay. It was fine. Okay. I had a good time. (laughs) I didn't love it, but I didn't, I didn't hate it. I I had a good time. I have no intention of watching it again. It's enjoyable. It's not like I can sit back and watch all the Marvel movies in order and be happy and excited. But like, this isn't one of those movies. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to watch that again next Friday or something. No, I'm good. I watched it. I'm good. I would watch it again. I, I wouldn't like seek it out to watch it again, but as as opposed to the first suicide squad where I would like actively Mm. not watch it again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not true. You're from the Midwest. You wouldn't be that rude. If somebody said, hey, you want to watch it? You'd be like, <laughs> no, uh, I'd say absolutely not. Sure. I think the I would Florida watch would tell him no. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, do you have any beer? Oh, do you have any beer? That's the most Midwestern thing. Do you have any beer? Actually, that's about perfect for how I, how I feel about it. If uh, I would not yes. actively seek it out, but if somebody was asking me to watch it again, I'd be like, sure, like, I'll watch that movie again. Yeah, like, it was fun. 
Yeah. Uh, I still think Margot Robbie is very good as Harley Quinn. Oh, she's mm-hmm. great. Uh, I do too. Yep. She's the best part of the movie. I guess. They oh, should have killed sure. her. No, okay. absolutely not. No. Totally should have. No, that movie would have sucked if she wasn't in it. Yeah. Uh, they could have killed her at the end. And I, I, I'll say what I really appreciated about this movie that I think they really messed up with in the first Suicide Squad uh, is it felt like the threat they were dealing with was something that this team would legitimately be called in to deal with yeah. and not because in the first movie is like well why are you not bringing superman here like why are you why is this secret why are you using these breaking these villains out of jail to handle this when you have other people who could do it superman was dead in the first one okay batman wonder woman literally like, anyone else a flash aquaman whereas whereas like the plot of this movie it makes sense that they want this to be a Little secret SBI. operation it has to be on like low-key it has you don't want people to know about this like mm-hmm. i will say i had a like a little bit of a hard time giving a crap about a giant pink star like don't get me wrong scary giant pink starfish it was like, Patrick. it was a giant patrick star see, i loved it i thought it was appropriately ridiculous for harley quinn to fight (laughs) but they tried so hard to make other parts of the movie so serious and they had amanda waller literally like getting brained because she's lost her mind drunk with power but like we're worried about a pink starfish like i'm just i don't know i when if you had said scary alien from outer space i would have liked something scarier than a starfish with giant eye personally i think that's part of it though is that the starfish itself wasn't actually scary it was like his, it's like last line before it dies is like I was plenty happy just floating through space floating looking through at the space, stars and like stars. y'all brought me down here, like you kind of felt bad for it at the end and you're like ah oh, that sucks poor starfish. Yeah. You like, would accept he got free instead of going back to the stars. He chose to claim a city. Well, how so, was like, he supposed? To how go was back he supposed? To the stars? How was he supposed to go back to the stars? <laughs> He's a giant alien. He could probably fly. <laughs> I don't know. He struggled to get through the city. If you watch those scenes, I don't think he's taken down by a bunch of rats. (laughs) There's no evidence in this movie that that starfish can fly. Whatever. Well, he was floating through space doing something, but okay. But everything floats in space. You would float. But if he was just floating in space, what was he eating? I've got questions. Anyway, (laughs) there's some credibility continuity problems here. But I will say, in watching it, I enjoyed it. I laughed out loud. There were some wonderful moments. Mm-hmm. That shark guy was, I didn't, I was really expecting him to die in that first opening scene, but <laughs> they carried him, or like I yeah, expected him to die great. earlier than he did. So they carried him through fairly quickly. I will say, I, I really wanted to see that weasel do the whole thing because it was <laughs> the scariest <laughs> thing it was I've the ever seen. The ugliest thing. He's probably coming back. So, you know, well, yeah, I just, <laughs> the I dumbest not. thing. You, uh, that the whole entry part there, the whole opening scene threw me for a left turn real quick. I was like, whoa, what the hell is happening? (laughs) So I I will say, I think my favorite part is when they thought they were going to break Flag out and Flag was not with the bad guys. Was not with the bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) When they, I was just like, oh God, all those people. Like I felt, I felt the tragedy in that moment. (laughs) All the freedom fighters. Here's what, here's what I'll say about this movie. I think this was finally a movie that deserved to have Margot Robbie star in it (laughs) from DC. Like, yeah. Like she was finally in a movie that was good enough for her to be in, in this role. Yes. The rest of the movie did not bring down her abilities. I still think that she, everyone did. And I shouldn't say everyone, everyone, everyone was good, but I still think she was 
far and above the best character. Oh, in the movie. yeah. Yes. The problem, the only thing I have, and the real problem I have with the movie as a whole is I think it went actually a little too ridiculous. I think it could have toned no, back so. the ridiculousness some and it would have been a, a better movie. Maybe no, I think a movie like this has to be ridiculous. I just found myself shaking my head like a lot. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like, why are we, why are you doing it like this? Like when she's going through and she's murdering everybody with the javelin, it's like, why are there flowers popping? Cause you're everywhere? seeing the world the way Harley Quinn sees it. I yeah. love that scene. I thought that scene was great. I, the yeah. scene was great. Action sequence, like slow-mo, like everything was great about it, except for like the flowers popping. I was like, they did stuff like that. And no. every other time she's I, on the screen, not in yeah. this movie, but in other movies, she's been in as that character. I did. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it's just one of the things like when it added to the other ridiculous act- factors, I was like, it's too much for me. No, yeah, I see, didn't think that was ridiculous. In that moment, I was like, oh yeah, this is the way Harley Quinn views the world as she's killing people. Like, I, I will say I said the same thing to my I said the same thing I've said to my wife Eve every time I watch like I watch the first Suicide Squad. I wish I had more backstory about each one of these characters. Mm. I would have totally watched a John Cena movie about his <laughs> I t- he's, he's <laughs> Just ridiculous. John Just John Cena. I'd have watched that uh, origin story one hundred percent. I mean I was just happy we could wait, see him. John, I was gonna say John Cena was in this movie. I could, I didn't see him at all. <laughs> No, I think, and that's, I was actually was talking about that with Wilson. a buddy at work today, that the problem with some of these, with movies like this is that you end up in a team-up movie, and it's the same thing that DC did with Justice League, is that you get all these people together, and then when it ends up good, like in this situation, everybody's like, oh man, I wish there had been more about this, and now you're trying mm-hmm. to go backwards, and you're trying to build all the backstories if you decide to get people spinoff films. Mm. I would love to see Idris Elba in a... Oh, his character I love Idris Elba, so mm-hmm. like, make that, make that movie. I'm gonna di- I'm gonna disagree. I don't think most of these characters feel like you they need a standalone movie. movie. I I feel like they work in this context. I don't need one about the shark man. I don't. Yeah, the shark man and the the rat girl. Um, I forget her name, but right. we got a lot of her backstory. Yeah, I was gonna say we did get a lot of her backstory. Of hers, we did get a lot of her backstory. But like, I want a polka dot man movie. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. Every time things turned to his mom, I was so uncomfortable, but also could not help but laugh. They cast I, that woman perfect. I would think that that was the most ridiculous part than the flowers. That was certainly up there. Her name is definitely Karen. Her name's no definitely All right. So on the other side of other ridiculousness, let's flip gears to the television world and the world of Ted Lasso. Or in this episode, as we got to Led meet Tasso. Led Tasso. Listen, this stupid show made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> this stupid show about soccer players made me cry. <laughs> Why did it make you cry? Why'd Matt? you make you cry, Matt? Because it was just so sweet. <laughs> Oh my God, are you fucking crying right now? Yes, he's about to cry again. No. No. You're crying. Anyway, this show is... Oh, his little nose. Anyway. It's just just so wonderful. Like, every time I think I can't love it more, they're like, oh, here's another character that you're going to fall in love with. (laughs) And they do it so organically. Like, that's the the real beauty of the show. It was the solidarity for me that made me tear up when they all started taping the jerseys and Mm -hmm. then presented that way. And they were like, you know, when, and then him standing by them in the, t- in the press conference. I think that was where both of us were just like, on our I, I think I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised at how well the team adjusted to Jamie being there. I didn't um, expect them to welcome him back so fast. Correct. Especially after we were talking about last week and everything, even like Sam, like pretty readily got on board. 
like there was a few moments that you saw it like it was awkward and they were like giving him a lot of hell because they're like you suck mm-hmm. and then they did pretty much exactly what everybody i'm sure was calling for because bailey and i were calling for it on our screens like you guys just need to tell him to eat shit and then like blow up at each other and then get over it and that's exactly what happened and so, like mm-hmm. it seemed like that's what happened and then with the help of led tasso of course <laughs> I love that the psychiatrist called exactly what he was doing. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Has it ever worked before? Uh, uh, nope. Nope. Only at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> One time at Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. <laughs> and then they went and explained Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> which I thought was classic. It's one of those one of those exact moments of like where you just start over explaining something and you're just like, I just need to stop talking at some point, but I can't because I'm in too deep. Mm-hmm. I just think that this like this episode really spoke to the fact like I was really concerned they weren't going to accept Jamie back very quickly and I didn't want to see him revert back to his old ways but if you think back to season one Jamie when we're first introduced to him he's dicking around during warm-ups he's not trying very hard he knows he's the best on the team he's leaving before everyone else he's showing up late because he makes all the goals and no one has to you know he doesn't have to care because he's the asset and now you can see, like, from the moment he comes back in, he's doing all those ridiculous warm-up moves, trying to make sure he's extra limber. He's playing any position that they put him in. He's being very amiable. And then, you know, he's showing, sort of like showing his underbelly of like, hey, guys, I'm here. Like, don't, don't hate me too much. I'm trying. And then I don't, I don't think that the lead tasso part had anything to do with it, where he was the one who spoke up. I think it was more that they saw him putting in work they hadn't seen before. They didn't quite trust it. And then when he, you know, when he showed up and taped his Jersey with them and stood with them. And he was one of the first guys of the not Nigerian team members to do that. Like it, it reminded me instantly of the vulnerable Jamie around the fire pit towards Mm -hmm. the end of last season. And they're like, well, we do, we do remember seeing that. And now we're seeing you live into that. And I think that that's the only reason he was accepted so quickly is because he showed significant change immediately. The second he walked on that pitch, he was a different guy from the guy that left. And he, he just needed, he didn't need that much time for them to see it because they're all used to looking for the good in others now. Cause that's the Ted that's Lasso effect. Ted's created. Yeah. Right. No, I think that does speak a lot to the culture that, that Ted has. And even the doctor, uh, Dr. Sharon, Sharon, mm-hmm. I think I called it. I think that's right. Uh, called it, just, called it out. Just doc. Like the first practice. Just doc. That, just doc now. Yep. He, he's earning respect with her is, mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that he's she's he's created such a culture where everybody feels like they have a right to be heard and so even when people are frustrated he doesn't like handle it wrong and and it just goes to show like the he's the linchpin of this entire show obviously it's the show about him um but his character is so well done and honestly he just i think the thing that i'm drawing my attention to the most is that he seems entirely selfless up to this point yeah like there's been very little moments of where we see a selfish Ted. Mm-hmm. Aside from where Coach Beard calls him out in like season one for being selfish by not being selfish, but that's mm. <laughs> a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I really liked uh Nora, Rebecca's was, goddaughter. Yeah. Oh, I loved her. I, really loved her. I hope Nora. she stays in the rest of the season. And I, yeah, I love loved the her. work they're doing with Rebecca's character this season. I do too. Uh because imagining this character from the character we met in episode one. Like, it's just insane to think about, but the, it, it's so natural and so organic. Mm-hmm. And the scene where they're writing the email together, yes. I was yes. losing so my mind. <laughs> she signs it, boss bitch. 
I loved I, it. And then even and like this, the small pieces of getting her <laughs> approval, like after like when they're at the game and showing her the responses and the phone call and mm-hmm. including her, like she a hundred percent wants her to love her. And once again, Roy Kent coming in clutch with the yeah. advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom bombs two episodes in a row. Who knew he had it in him? Ted Lasso knew. He Ted Lasso knew. Ted Lasso knew is right. <laughs> also, I just want everyone to know that earlier today, the official Ted Lasso Twitter account changed their name to Led Tasso and tweeted, <laughs> I love tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hot garbage water. Seriously, I love don't tea. know why you guys do that. I love tea. <laughs> Hot brown water. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. So I know there's been a, a, and then we'll get to the other, other new episode, Schmigadoon, latest musical foray. Give uh, us the rundown. What happened? Just a couple brief points I want to make. Uh, it's still a musical. It's still a musical. Yep. Uh, there's a wonderful, wonderful scene this week where Christian Chenoweth gets a song. Uh, a four-minute song done in one take uh, uh. that has, and this is an approximation, 18,000 words. <laughs> uh, it's the it, Schmigadoon Okay, It's their riff on, uh, I hear we got trouble. Right here in River City. The capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. <laughs> that stands for pool. But yeah, it, the camera just like follows her for four minutes on a single take as she like she just rapid fire these words. <laughs> it's That's very impressive. impressive. Because uh, she understands the assignment. There's a line about uh, like uh, a sheep, sheep and cows having amorous congress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this show's uh, ridiculous. And We're going to have trials uh, and tribulations in Schmigadoon. Jane Krakowski, who is so incredibly talented and in my opinion, one of the most underrated comedic actresses working right now, uh, comes in in a uh, Baroness Schrader from the Sound of Music style role. Uh, gets this very unbaroness Trader song uh, and then has, I think, one of the funniest lines of the show so far uh, where Cecily Strong goes, yeah, well, I think you were probably a Nazi. And she goes, of course I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still wildly enjoying this show. The more I watch it, the more I think you really do need to uh, have the background to get the references they're making to really connect with it mm. uh, yeah it helps if you know what they're mocking or what they're yeah. like parody Spoofing. yeah uh parody. but I'm, the sound I'm of music reference was that this it. episode or was that last episode that was this episode the sound of music song where they changed the oh lyrics. no no that was last that episode. was last episode they changed the lyrics of basically the what used to be the do or mi fa so song yeah. Uh, and made it about um, sexual reproduction and how babies are made to explain <laughs> yeah. oh. to a already pregnant couple how they got pregnant because they didn't know <laughs> because no sex ed in Schmigadoon. And so literally she just like doe deers all the way through. This is your body part. This is what happened with it. Here's what you made. And it's, it all circles back and it's wonderful. It's but it wonderful. Was It's like an actual sing-along with I don't know. I don't know why I'm censoring myself so much, but like full technical terms, scientific <laughs> terms for your human genitalia, like yep, got there fallopian go. tubes in there. She does the whole thing. Beautiful. There you mm-hmm. go. So I, that can, I, can predict, I can already predict what, what a note fallopian tubes came in on. 
(laughs) The songwriting is just, it's just so clever. It really is. Like, I can't overstate it. That actually sounds a lot like uh, the music, uh, the the actual musical Something Rotten. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that Mm -hmm. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's basically a giant parody of Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, very similar vibes. Okay. And I think Only this anyone, is more like old school mu- movie musicals. Yes. And I would say for anyone who's starting this show, who like is kind of on the fence, everyone I know who's struggled, really struggled getting into it are people who are trying to watch it one at a time. If you have a chance to watch a couple together, it's, a, I think, a little bit more enjoyable. So for anybody thinking of starting this, watch one or two episodes. Don't just stop at the first one because like it's good, but unless you're really into musicals, you're not going to like it. Unless It's you a show that probably would have benefited part. from being bingeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, there's no totally real. See where it goes. From the few episodes that I have watched, it there, there's not a whole lot of like cliffhangers that make me like necess- like needing to go back to like get answers. It's like, okay, like this is good so far. Like I'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike unlike the movie that I watched this week, or one of the movies I watched this week, and that was The Resort on Hulu. <laughs> how how bad was it? Was, thought, was great. Right, so. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the audience here that's listening to us a rundown of how I gave it to the rest of the podcast group here in our chat. And that was uh, the first message I sent was, hey, if anybody wants to watch a really badly acted horror movie, go check out The Resort on Hulu. Or I said it on Netflix, got that was on Netflix. But mm-hmm. I corrected myself at the end, it was on Hulu. And then about a half hour after that message, I sent the following message and it said, never mind, this movie is garbage. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Don't I your almost time. watched that movie the other night before you did. Oh, actually. you are so glad. I'm you glad did I not. didn't. This is this is one of the worst movies that Bailey and I have watched in a long time. Um, wow. Really? Not only is the acting bad, it's not scary. So there, there's a first problem with it, you know, a horror movie. And the second, literally nothing makes sense that it's happening. Like you're going through the movie and just like the natural course of events barely mm-hmm. makes sense. Like they, they could not decide what they wanted to do with this movie because there's mm-hmm. moments where they like poke fun at the horror movie genre. Like this guy, this guy even says the line, oh, this is the part of like if we were in a scary movie. Like I'd get really pissed off at the characters. It's like, all right, are you guys trying to be like self-aware funny? Because this is like the only time it's happened so far in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just the rest of it, like the, the real detractor though is honestly the acting. Like, the scripting the writing itself was not good but the acting behind it was just like there was no emotion in delivery of lines it was like they gave the actors the scripts and the scenes like right before they went and shot it and they were like hey just go read these lines to each other and that's what they did (laughs) so it was the table read through but in front of cameras yeah yeah it was like they looked over that one page for like the next 30 seconds went through those lines and they were like all right cool we got the next scene It was that's a wrap. Terrible. So for anybody, like like I said, it's not even gonna become like one of those cult bad movies like rubber or anything like that. Like there's nothing interesting about this movie. The special effects are so-so. The premise was decent, but yeah. What is the premise? The premise is that there's a haunted resort on this uh tiny little island off the coast of Hawaii. It's a Hawaiian island, but it's like you can only get there by boat or by helicopter, apparently. And apparently taking a helicopter is cheaper than taking a boat in this universe. Um, <laughs> oh, there was some special discount that doesn't require the ride back either. So, whoa, yeah, uh, I'm telling you, nothing makes sense. Nothing <laughs> like uh... they even mentioned that, like in the movie, they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, the discount didn't say anything about a flight back. So you're on your own, kids. <laughs> 
don't miss that boat. Because we know you're going to die. See you later. Like, and it was just, and they were like, they were trying to go out of their way to be like, don't go towards the resort. And they're like, they're clearly going to the resort. But this, the premise behind it is that it's haunted by all these different spirits because this island was used as a Hawaiian battleground by native tribes. And so it's tainted with blood and spirits. But one in particular is the half-faced girl who was murdered by tourists and nobody ever pressed charges. Yeah, apparently in like the two years that this resort was open, somebody decided they were going to commit grisly murder on this beautiful Hawaiian island of a local girl. Nobody looked into it. So what I do when I go to a Hawaiian island? Nothing makes sense. Um, She was scary when you do see her for like the 30 seconds that she's actually in the movie. And there was Mm. one... There is one decent twist to it that if the rest of the movie hadn't been so bad, you'd been like, oh, all right, that was that was good. But that's like the only bright note I'd give it. That's what gives it the half the half a star, the half a flame out of five is that one <laughs> redeemable quality, I suppose. But it, it was trash. In Ron's words, it's trash. Well, I also Ron watched probably a like new it. scary movie this probably week. love it. <laughs> Ron, and when you listen to this, go watch the resort and tell me what you think. <laughs> Ron's never going to listen to this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he listens most weeks. Ron, prove me right. Uh, I, <laughs> Jesus. I also watched a scary movie this week uh, that was not as bad as the one you watched, but I, I wouldn't was gonna say it had great. to have been better than the one I watched. Uh, so the movie I watched is a new movie on Netflix called Aftermath. It wasn't uh, scary enough to keep me awake. Like I like normally if I'm like invested in a horror movie or it's it's suspenseful or scary enough, I will fight through my sleep, passed out halfway through, fully asleep. I mean, take that with a grain of salt because she's thrown slept through a lot of stuff. That's true, but still, <laughs> I was ready to watch this movie. Uh, so this movie is uh, it stars um, Ashley Green of Twilight fame, um, and. Sean Ashmore uh, of X-Men fame. Uh, I, I actually like both of them. So that's part of why I wanted to watch this movie. Uh, it's about this couple, uh, the two of them, uh, who are dealing with some marital issues, uh, namely that she cheated on him. Uh, and as part of their like trying to recover from that, it's recommended to them by a therapist that they like move themselves to like neutral ground essentially uh so like get out of where they've been living because that's where the cheating happened so they buy this house uh where a uh grizzly murder occurred uh, naturally mm-hmm. which they found because he is a crime scene cleaner uh and he ah, yes. this house uh so move there yeah so they move into this house uh beautiful house uh, it always is Matt. it always is <laughs> And some creepy things start happening. They always uh, do. They always do. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly to uh, the wife. Uh, they're like the, she keeps seeing these figures. Things keep moving around the house. When she calls the police, there's nothing there. Uh, you know, pretty standard horror movie stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was just. It was very slow. It was underwhelming. Yeah. It. it I just was never, I was never impressed by it. Um, was there ever like a big reveal? Like, is there yeah, at least like the stories actually told or just kind of fizzle out? Because I, no, I hate that. There's a pretty significant plot twist at uh, a point late in the movie, uh, which 
I will say from a story perspective, it's at least unlike the movie Jake watched where everything kind of tracks, everything makes oh. sense. When the twist happens, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, but I don't know. It was just never, never scary enough to justify anything, anything that was happening really. Uh, never clever enough, never new enough, never unique enough. Like it just felt like a movie that I've seen before. Uh, mm. Like they took pieces of other movies and put them together um, is how I felt it ultimately was. And, and again, just very slow, very uneventful. Uh, I don't really recommend it. Okay. It's not terrible, but I kind of wish I had talked the opposite about my movie so I could have gotten you guys to all go watch it and then you could have all agreed with me <laughs> later on. Now nobody's going to go watch it. No. I kind of want to commiserate with people. I now, will say so. this movie was based on a true story. So oh, okay. those of you who are uh, intrigued by that. Should have led with that, Matt. Way to bury the lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call, uh, you watched a new show this week too, right? Mr. Corbin? Mr. Mr. Corbin, yeah. It's an Apple TV Plus. Um, and it is written, created, and directed all by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So when I saw the preview Treasure. for it, going into Ted Lasso, I was like, well, when this is over, we're going to watch that. So <laughs> I give everything Joseph Gordon-Levitt does a chance. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he's uh, great. Because he's great. He's, he's original. And it's also uh, <clears throat> a little shout out to Ron. He partnered with A24. And uh, Ron's never seen something from A24 he didn't love. So uh, just a little shout out to Ron there. <laughs> but Ron, anyway, got all sorts of pressure in this episode, yeah, man. You better watch it. At least mm-hmm. figure out how to watch it. I don't think he has Apple TV Plus, but um, but anyways, it's uh, it only gave you two episodes. That's the, that's the only de- one thing I hate about Apple TV Plus is you get one or two episodes when a show comes out. And though it says it's a comedy, it's more of a dramedy, and the comedy is very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, for instance, in the second episode, it revolves around him going through an anxiety attack for the entire 35-minute episode. Oh like Jesus! The ups and downs of it, but there's a scene with his roommate Victor, and um, it's uh, it is actually quite hilarious because he's like, well, or, or, yeah, Victor, and he, Victor goes, well, "Have you ever tried like a weighted blanket?" And he goes, "Yeah, they're two hundred fifty bucks." And he goes, "Well, hold on, let's. I'll make one up. I got one here. We don't need to spend the money." <laughs> so he runs in his room and he grabs a blanket, wraps him in it, throws him to the floor, and just lays on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> what a good he's friend! Like, That's awesome. He's like. How's it going? And he's like, I don't know, man. It's been like 30 seconds. It's like, can you feel <laughs> That's better? Funny. That's but, funny. <laughs> but I mean, like, it there are there are funny parts like that. And in the first episode, um, he has this whole conversation with his mom. And his mom's played by Deborah Deborah Winger. So if you like Deborah Winger, she's she plays mm-hmm. his mom. And um, so she's calling him out on not really doing much with his life, just right to his face. And, um, and then like, he doesn't have a girlfriend, nothing like that. And so like, he goes on a date with the girl and then the next day he talks to his mom and it's like, I went on a date with a girl last night. And then we had sex. Like we almost had sex and then my penis stopped working. And she's like, I'm hanging up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So get from micromanaging. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's interesting because I can't say that I love it, but there's enough there in the first two episodes to me, for me to come back. Friday night after Ted Lasso and go, we'll keep going with this. Um, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's slow, but they're definitely, there's a whole tension between an ex-girlfriend that is actually played by uh, the girl from Ted Lasso, Keely. 
She plays the oh. ex-girlfriend in it. Yeah. And so we haven't been Love introduced her. to her yet. We just saw her Instagram account. Mm. Um, what and if so she is cute? I would just the Ted Lasso make that connected joke. universe. Yeah, That'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So there's that tension there where there's an the ex-girlfriend issue coming up. And then also there's another tension of he's a fifth grade teacher right now. But everyone keeps asking him if he's played any music lately and gone out and played any like clubs or anything like that. So he's done music in the past. He said he keeps saying, I just play music for myself now. So he's done music in the past and now he's kind of put it to rest and is doing something else, but is not fulfilled in that. So it's it's really interesting to see what's going to happen. I, I do think that they're trying to just build his character and build the everything around him. Um you know, so that you have a, a, a well-rounded uh, picture of who this character is. I will say, stage. in the second episode, I was off off into the distance, in the like, and just in the corner of you know, on your per, uh, peripheral vision, there was like a meteor coming down. Like I thought the meteor was going to hit the Earth. I wasn't sure what it was at first, mm-hmm. and it's just symbolism for his anxiety. Oh. And it, it's, and you just catch it in little glimpses as he's like, you'll see it in a reflection in his glass in his glasses or he's walking and talking on the phone and you can see it above his head and he's paying attention to it a little bit, but trying not to. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's an interesting way to portray anxiety. Something that's always there. That's on the verge of possibly ruining everything you're working on or you think it is. And Mm -hmm. so I, I will say there was a little bit of artsiness to it, but there's enough there for me to come back and watch another episode. If you like dark comedies, you'll probably enjoy it. So Good to know. I would say it seemed interesting when I was reading it and the, the whole idea of the struggle, the mental health side of it and the struggle mm-hmm. with anxiety. I think it's really cool that we're getting shows that are, are diving into this a lot and having characters that are dealing with it to say how accurately they're dealing with it. I mean, it leaves to be seen with how the show turns out and how well they handle everything, but mm-hmm. still very cool to, to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cole, you watched something else this week too, didn't you? I had another movie that I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I well, I started last week watching The Outer Banks, and I watched the first okay. two episodes. And um, full disclosure, I didn't watch a single episode till about seven o'clock tonight. And, um, <laughs> and I'm really hoping this podcast ends early so I can go back and start. I'm on the fifth episode, middle of it, and it has just gotten good. And it's it started to close off the storyline from the, or I shouldn't say close off. It started to take the storyline from season one and take it to the next level. For the first four episodes, they were on the run, which is how the season ended. They were on the run and everybody thought they died. Well, now we're we're back in the Outer Banks. People know they're alive and the shit's hit the fan, basically. And people are getting arrested for things. And yeah, and it's 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 getting really good. And now I'm like, I really need to just keep watching this. <laughs> so, All right, so I, I'm enjoying the podcast, it. guys. Just to torture Cole a little bit, we're going to drag this out as far as we can. I'll just hang up and get out of here. <laughs> then I can't come back in. It'll mess up the whole thing. Ah, it's true. It was true. The, the, rest, rest, of the, podca- the rest of the uh, podcast is just going to be me reading spoilers for this season of The Outer Banks. <laughs> uh, the other movie I watched, which was thankfully I watched this one first, so I didn't have to, I didn't, wasn't as skeptical going into it as I was, um, or it was probably the reverse. Anyway, not important. On Netflix, which is already a better okay. start than Hulu, because I don't know that the last time I've actually seen a good Hulu original movie, uh, was the movie called The Vault. Mm. Um, and so The oh, Vault I think, stars. I think Aaron and I saw this and wanted to watch it. 
Yeah, so it's star. It stars the actor from The Good Doctor. Yeah, Freddie Highmore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, uh, as well as the one of the guys from Game of Thrones, whose name I can't remember. Davos. There's a lot of guys in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I can't remember the. He's the captain. They can't Davos. read for a while. Davos. Thank you. Onion Knight. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, both of them are great, and so the. The movie itself is a fairly standard heist movie. Uh, they try to make it sound like at the very beginning that it's not a heist movie because they're not really thieves. And there is a lot that goes into it that you kind of feel you want them to win because it seems like they were unjustly wrong to begin with, which is nice. I don't um, care. I always root for the thieves in a heist movie. Don't care why I mean, they're that's, It's because they make them likable characters. The, so knowing it's a standard heist movie, I mean, Rick and Morty's even made fun of like the heist genre in general mm-hmm. of like, you know, there's a double cross and twists coming and all this other great stuff. Predictable a mile away. Like I called pretty much everything that was going to happen as it happened. But the, the central problem of the movie is that this vault underneath the, the bank of Spain has been built since like the 1930s. And it has a fail safe that nobody has, that has been able to figure out how to beat. Uh, so people have broken into the vault before, but everyone always gets caught because the fail safe is unbeatable. And it's called a, uh, what do they call it? Like the, a miracle of engineering, even back in the 1930s. And so this whole central issue revolves around uh, the main character, whose name I already forgot because you said it, trying to solve a problem that he doesn't even know what the problem is which is really, it's a fun way to go about it. He's got an engineering background. He's, they allude to him being the one who solved BP's oil spill problem, um, but they never call out BP by name in the, in the movie, nice. which is funny. Probably I mean, smart. There have been so many oil spills at this point. It could be any. Right. <laughs> and so he's this 22-year-old genius engineer. Uh, he's Freddie getting Heimler. job offers, like half a million dollar salaries to come work for these giant oil companies and things like that because of what he's done. And he's just like yeah, you guys suck though. Like, I don't want to work for you. <laughs> and so when, when Davos shows up and offers him a chance to do something that nobody could possibly do, um, or maybe it's impossible, he jumps right in. Uh, like I said, if you're okay with it being a predictable heist movie, like you know how the ending's going to turn out essentially, you'll enjoy it because it's still like, it's very fun to watch and see them problem solve and all the, the nuance that goes with it. It's got your standard like edge of your seat, like, oh, they're going to get caught, they're going to get caught. Oh, they snuck out of it just in the nick of time as they always do. Um, but it is like i said solid solid like three out of five movie would watch if somebody asked to watch it again i'd probably watch it again not gonna go watch it on my own free will anytime soon again but i'm probably gonna watch it yeah yeah it's worth it's definitely worth the watch like i said if you like the heist movies like if you like the oceans movies maybe not oceans eight i never got around to watching it i've heard it it was was so good good. good It was no, good. I loved okay. it. Listen, yeah. I if you like you... the Oceans movies, then you'd probably like this movie. I love even a bad heist movie, so. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Oceans 8 was bad at all. No, I didn't think so either. But I'm saying, like, a heist movie is the way to my heart. Like, yeah. give me a bunch of people getting together to steal some shit. I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a bunch board. of different personalities with very particular skill sets. Yeah. Facts. Which yep. I liked was... Going back to Suicide Squad, I like that. That's how she introduced uh, Idris Elba's character, like Bloodsport, <laughs> and then immediately went to Peacemaker and listed out all the same attributes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly like, so... what I do. <laughs> but I do Any... it better. Anything you else that we checked bullet, out this I week? I shoot a smaller bullet. doesn't touch the edges of your bullet. 
I don't think I've watched anything else. That was everything Cole? for me. Nope. All I right. finished season 13 of Supernatural. Woo, nice. making progress. There was I did watch the Bachelorette. Like I don't know if you guys want to hear about that. How many seasons watch- are in Supernatural? 16. 15. Too many. Holy smoke. Whoa, Aaron, you shut your mouth. <laughs> I mean, I gave up halfway through. Too many is the correct answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when they started trading off who was God and who was the devil, I was like, you know what? I think I'm out. We've just been no, doing this only, for two seasons. Well, so far, there's only been one God. I don't know about going forward, but. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah. Two two devils, whatever. Anyway, um, I did watch, I did finish Little Voice. I can't remember if I brought it up on last week's podcast. It is the, um, it was a project between Sarah Bareilles and I believe the fellow writer of Waitress the Musical. Um, it was an Apple TV program. I finished it two days after they announced they were canceling season two, so they are not renewing it. Much to my heartbreak because the original music in this show was phenomenal. The acting was great. Um, I do recommend watching it if for no other reason than Like if you're someone who likes music or any kind of fan of Sarah Bareilles, you're going to really like this show. Um, But the premise is essentially, and it's not autobiographical to an extent, I'm sure. Um, The premise is a young artist whose like father used to be a musician, made it sort of big, but never billboard big. Um, She's been struggling to be a singer songwriter in New York for a while. It's not going anywhere. Um, you she has a brother with special needs I I don't know if they ever actually outwardly say it he's uh middle of the spectrum autistic I I think um so he you know she's the younger sibling there's only the two of them mom left when they were kids and their dad is sort of a in and out transients like they all used to live together but he occasionally has bouts of homelessness and alcoholism or he'll just like disappear for a couple weeks um, so things have been really good for a long time. She's now living on her own. They found a place for the brother to live that they can afford, um, where he's given the proper care. So he's not, doesn't have to stay with her anymore. Um, and that's sort of the setup going into the show is she's working like four part-time jobs. She's a music teacher and she sings at an old folks home and she walks dogs and all this stuff. Um, all well, and a bartender all while trying to still make, uh, make her big break. And the one time that she works, she did an open mic at her job. She got laughed off the stage. Um, so she Ouch. hasn't really gone back since then. So it's sort of um, how she's trying to, one, like break into this, but two, the relationship she's building with other artists in the area are all very cool um, and how they are sort of collaborating. So definitely worth the watch. Very sad they're not renewing it. Uh I was going to say, it should be noted, it has been canceled, so there will not be a season two. Yeah, there will not be a season two. It is for sure canceled, not just partially canceled. I also just really would like something nice to happen for Sarah Bareilles. Like, <laughs> she had the misfortune of launching Waitress the same year as Hamilton. Like, I just want, I want good things for her. <laughs> yes, the poor Sarah Bareilles with her wildly successful music career. <laughs> she, no, but I mean, of the, like, of the awards, she should have gotten something by now. And I don't think she is a single part of the EGOT. Like she's missed out on, she's been nominated for stuff, but she hasn't won anything. I think. Don't just somebody fact check me. She eventually. won a Grammy. I was she did win a Grammy. Perfect. Right yeah. Best American Roots performance. I don't know what that means, but that's what she won a Grammy for. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad she got something because I know that a couple of years ago she hadn't gotten anything yet. And uh, she deserved it. American Roots category includes Americana, bluegrass, blues, folk, and other forms of regional music. There you go. 
So she's got the G, but anyway. <laughs> Google also estimates her net worth at about $10 million. So I don't think she, I think she's all right. She's also won an ASCAP pop music award. So, you know, that's well, and she's fun. about to be starring in Waitress again on Broadway for a limited engagement. So I'm, I'm sure she's fine, but still, I just, <laughs> I want her, I, I just feel badly that she has these projects that like start and then can't seem to get off the ground past maybe, what they are. Maybe they should be better. Ouch. Okay, All right. So before Aaron and Matt get into a fight, we're going to end this. Thank you all for listening to our our podcast here. If you think we've missed anything, if you've had anything you want to want us to check out, give our opinion on, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of the major platforms there, uh, as well as subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate that support if you haven't done so already. And until next time, enjoy the movies. <laughs>